I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Full Body Fuck Yes. I'm your host, Abby Gibb, and today I want to do a solo episode because this has come up not once, not twice, but no shit like 10 times this week so far. It's only Tuesday (laughs) with my friends and my clients and myself. And I think it's important that we touch on the death of the good girl. Raise of hands. Who else is so fucking tired of being the good girl? The good girl is the girl that we all were conditioned to become. I don't think it's inherent to any of us, but we were conditioned to become at a very early age. The good girl is praised when she's pretty. The good girl is praised when she knows how to be intelligent, but not too intimidating, to be assertive, but not too bossy, to say yes when she means no. The good girl is someone who is what we would call a people pleaser. And I don't believe that there is such a thing as a people pleaser. I think it's a trauma response that we were conditioned to have for our survival. We are smart and we needed to do that. We needed, and this society expected that we put everyone else's needs before our own since birth and that we gave away our power and our voice, our gaze, our wants to someone else, right? We always have had this intermediary, this somebody in between us and our power. We learned very early on, and usually it was also male. It was our father, maybe a minister, a priest, a teacher, and then a boss, a CEO, someone else that essentially was the person we needed to go to, to get as close to the source as possible. It wasn't us. And so of course it makes sense that for us to be able to continue to survive in this dynamic, we need to put those people's needs before our own. And it also felt good, sort of a little bit for a while. It feels good to be praised, right? It feels good to be loved and accepted and listened to. But we never have full agency over that. We never really own our voice in the good girl setting. Because at any point, we could be told that we are now too much, too bossy, too assertive, too loud, too intimidating, and that we need to sit down. And that's painful. And it happens at every level. It happens in our family dynamic, in our romantic dynamics, in our career path. We're constantly seeking validation and acceptance from others because since a very, very early age, we have learned that everyone else's needs are more important than our own, that their opinions matter more than ours. And as we begin to sit with and think about where and how we can reclaim that power, it's painful. 
it's painful to reconcile and have compassion and forgiveness for all the times that we didn't. And also it's a very rude awakening to the relationships that are built on us not having those boundaries. It's really painful. I just want to have this open dialogue today about the death of the good girl, because we want it so badly, but it is a massive rewriting of our own story. And we want it. We want it so badly, but it's so easy. It's so easy to abandon ourselves because that's what we're doing. We were taught since a very early age and we've practiced now for decades in how to abandon ourselves in order to make someone else feel better, accepted, in order for us to be safe. I mean, it really was a survival technique. And so how do you begin to reclaim? How do you begin to let that good girl die? I've been sitting with that a lot. And for me, and again, this isn't, not a universal truth. I'm just sharing that for me. Yeah. Deep breath there. I could no longer live with the pain of abandoning myself any longer because when I abandon myself, I wear clothes. I don't want to wear. I say yes to things I don't want to do. I hustle and grind for my worth. I'm constantly hoping that everyone else will pick me, whether that's in a romantic relationship, in a promotion, in an opportunity, on social media. It's so painful, right? It's so painful. I don't say what I really mean. It all just gets stuffed down and it hurts. So my first answer And how you start is realizing that for so many of us, it has to get to a point where it's just too painful to abandon yourself any longer. That at any cost, I will choose myself consistently. And consistency is, is a big part of this. So let's get tactical for a second. How I've begun to allow the good girl part of me to die is that consistently every day I wake up and I choose myself. I give myself what I call a sacred yes. Yes, I am worthy of what I want. Yes, I am worthy of exploring that. Yes, I am worthy of the compassion that I didn't always give myself. Yes, I forgive myself for all of the times and all of the moments and all of the years and all of the decades and all of the relationships in which I chose something other than me. But today, I choose me. I fiercely choose me. It creates an affinity, a trust, a dignity, an integrity of myself with myself that I will never abandon myself again. And every day that I choose that gives me that much more confidence and courage to consistently say what I mean and let that be a full sentence. And it doesn't, by the way, mean that I'm selfish or that you're selfish. It doesn't make me a bitch. It doesn't make you a bitch. It doesn't make you snooty. 
It doesn't make you pushy. It doesn't make you bossy. It doesn't make you intimidating. It doesn't make you too much. Those are all just trigger words to get you to stay in your good girl. And they come from you and your parents and society and culture and social and everywhere else. So maybe this is the one safe place that I can say, fuck the noise. It's not true. You're not too much of any of those things. You deserve to be you. This isn't death of the good girl so you can become something else. I'm not here to prescribe universal truths. I'm here to say that when I allow that good girl part of me to die, I am essentially me, just me. And that's all I want is that by giving myself permission to be the most expressed version of myself, it gives you permission to be the most expressed version of yourself, whatever that looks like today in this season. And the good girl, all of that conditioning is what holds us back. I think it's important that we talk openly about it. I wake up every morning and I consciously choose what feels right and true and good to me. Because I know that the pain of choosing anything other than that is is too great, too high a price. So what does that look like in practical terms? How I started was like with really simple things. Because in the conditioning of the good girl, we begin to give our voice away, right? We allow others to speak for us and tell us what we want and tell us how we should feel. And, and so in that, we begin to not trust ourselves. We hide. We don't really have an opinion. We're afraid to ask for what we want. So it starts with really simple things. Ready? Super simple things. But like, I asked myself, like, what kind of eggs? do I like? Because I realized that I had made eggs for my family and then for my romantic partners, however, they liked it. And I didn't actually know what I liked. Like I just ate scrambled eggs because that's what they wanted. Or I ate fried eggs because that's what they wanted. And I found out, believe it or not, kind of like Julia Roberts and Runaway Bride, I ordered like 10 different kinds of eggs and I sat down. I like sunny side up with a really runny yolk. It's really small shit that you might be like, oh my God, Ab, seriously. But yeah, it's the small basic things that you go, yeah, this, this feels good for me. This is how you begin to trust your voice and your choices and your intuition and your action and your personhood again. It's with small actions that are just for you. Another one, if somebody gave me the wrong order, like the wrong coffee order or the wrong size in something. I used to be like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> like you're like a little sad inside and you go back to your car and you're like, okay, I guess this is okay. like, no, it's not. And that doesn't mean that you care in their ass and are demeaning because by the way, when we aren't, we should talk about this. When we stuff down all of our truths in order to accommodate being a good girl, it still comes out. It comes out in jealousy. It comes out in cattiness. It comes out in wrongful rage, wrong placed rage, which we have a whole trope about, like, I'm going to call the manager. That's, that's the good girl. But that's just 
the festered shadow side of your power, your voice, your energy, your needs not being met. I know. Like, Karen, we're all Karen. We're all Karen. We're just doing it in so many different ways. For me, my disordered eating, my eating disorder, both, they were two separate things, right? Honestly, my hair, like I had huge hair extensions because I thought that that's how other people would pick me. Think I was glamorous, think I was attractive, think I was powerful. And again, I'm not here to like shame or judge anyone else. I'm purely talking just about me. So it was like asking myself simple questions like, how do I, how do I want to wear my hair? And you saw me, if you've known me a little while, I tried on a bunch of stuff. I cut my hair. That was super scary, like super scary. I didn't have it super blonde. I had it pink. That was big. And you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. The world did not end. I did not, in fact, become less or more desirable or sexy. Nothing really happened. And it was really helpful to see what holds power that I've given for so long and what doesn't. Another one is like your clothes. Like I started to ask myself, like, do I even really like this? Like, do I really like wearing dresses? Because by the way, if you saw me five years ago, I literally only wore dresses, usually some sort of like floral print, very feminine ruffles, lace, um, see-through sleeves, high heel shoes. I was very, I was like a Barbie doll. We can unpack that another time. (laughs) But like, I started to ask myself, like, what clothes do I even want? And like, I had this closet full of these really beautiful, um, flowy, flowery dresses. And I was like, is this me? And it's hard because the intersectionality of our culture, our family dynamics, social media, capitalism, the patriarchy, racism. I mean, all of it plays into what we would call our choices, what what we think we are in agency about. So it's hard to kind of pick out and figure out what you really want outside of those things. But like, are we ever going to give ourselves that opportunity? Are you just going to keep wearing the same shit that when you were five, you were told what you were pretty in. So you just keep wearing that. Because for me, I figured out very early as a survival technique that when I wore really pretty dresses, everyone complimented me, praised me. Um, As I got older, right, I got free drinks, guys noticed me, I found power in it. So I kept doing it, whether or not I actually ever really liked it. So here I am in my mid 30s, (laughs) which is like old and young, I don't know to look in my closet and ask myself if I even really like these clothes. I had to like Marie Kondo my way through and be like, does this spark joy now with who I am? And I came to my partner and I was crying to Aaron because I said like, I don't really know if I want to dress this feminine. I don't know if this was ever inherently me. I want to be able to try on some suits and like wear more jeans and like, maybe some baggier clothes. Cause I'm really tired of feeling perceived. Like I'm really tired of the pressure of wearing these like small, look at me, pick me outfits again, just for me, no one else. And needing that validation that comes with people seeing and perceiving. 
And I'm scared that if I change my clothes, you're not going to think I'm sexy and you're not going to want to like be around me and you're going to be like turned off. And I really want to have like an open dialogue with you about that. And just even that level of vulnerability was huge for me to have like that much self-awareness to put context and language around it. And then to have a partner be able to receive that and feel safe enough to have that conversation, like that I'm just honoring for myself. Like that's, that's a big step because I would not have gotten there just a couple of years ago. Thanks therapy. Um, (laughs) but like sitting there and just asking myself what I really wanted and starting to put on just things that made me feel good rocker stuff, like sitting and playing with the parts of myself that I feel like haven't really been as expressed. And I think that's a part of healing the good girl too, is realizing that there are so many pieces of us that we don't fully honor that we haven't explored. And so getting to sit with and honor all the pieces and realizing which parts of ourselves, and that's all it is, but which parts of ourselves do we tend to listen to because They have been praised and accepted and safe. And that could be your, I like to think of it like your people pleaser, your trophy wife. This person is the person that um, is fed by praise. They believe that they need nonstop hustle, that there is some sort of path that they're supposed to be on. And so they, they push you because they're trying to keep you safe. This is a trauma response. They're trying to help you. And if we let that fully develop, be fully expressed. It's not that it isn't true and valid. I would like you to ask yourself, like, what else is also true here? So for me, what happened with clothes is that like, oh, I do still like wearing really feminine, what I call sexy dresses sometimes. That's true. But what wanted to be expressed more deeply was being met Also with that same power and seductive feeling that I get with dresses, with pants and with ripped t-shirts. And what I realize is that the clothes aren't what make me, right? I make the clothes. And it's taking the power away from something other than who I am, the intermediary, right? So that trophy wife part of us, that, that people pleaser part of us, what I think is also being asked is that she wants to feel fully seen and appreciated. And when we go more deeply, at least for me, my people pleaser trophy wife wants people to appreciate my intelligence, my ability to problem solve, my ability to do whatever it takes, get shit done and figure it out. I am the calm of the storm in the chaos. Right. And being able to honor both sides. And so when, when I start to come into my trophy wife part of myself, when I go into my people pleaser part of myself, where I find myself hustling and super busy and fed by praise and chaos, I ask where else does she want to express? This has been super fucking powerful. So it's like day-to-day things like the coffee and the eggs and the clothes, and then some deeper pieces about that are only something you can really answer for yourself which is when I notice this need to people please and fed by praise and pick me, instead of judging it, instead of saying, oh, why am I in that pattern again? Asking what else about that part of me wants to be expressed? Oh, she wants to be seen for her intelligence. How can I give her that today? 
She wants to know that I see that she can figure it out, that she's the calm in the storm. Another one is like what I call my wisdom queen. When my wisdom queen is not fully expressed, she plays small, she's timid, she lacks confidence. It feels like the light has gone out for her. So when I feel like I'm playing small, I ask, where else is she wanting to play? Where else is she wanting to express? And allowing herself to feel like she oozes truth. So that's why I gave myself this podcast, for instance. What it might be for you is that you choose to go to a yoga class and let your body just move and be expressed. It might be that you write a social media post. It might be that you write an email, but give yourself a place where you get to be more fully expressed. This podcast is really just for me, sincerely. Like, I love you. I'm so excited you're here and listening, but like, ultimately everything I create is for me because I can't be in control. People pleasing tendencies is that I want to control how everyone else perceives me, including my art, including my podcast and social media, which is why, by the way, I've turned off my likes, which you can do on Instagram. Now I've just turned off my likes and my views. I don't actually ever look at how many people listen to an episode. I don't know how many downloads there are because that's not why I'm doing it. And I want to give myself permission to be fully expressed. And I'm still in good girl recovery. And in order to be in good girl recovery, I'm not, maybe you are, and that's so good for you. But for me, I'm not strong enough yet to be okay with like pouring my heart out into an episode and then knowing that there were five listens or downloads or whatever the fuck they say on podcasts. Like I'm not there yet. And so the way that I can support the trophy wife part of me is to turn off all of the notifications, all of the downloads, all of the info about how somebody else perceived my work. Another part of letting the good girl die is is seeing this part of me, the good girl part of me, right? That just means that she hasn't been fully expressed where she doesn't feel safe. She feels like there's danger everywhere. She straight up has like full on anxiety. My vagina, like my, my pelvic floor gets tight. I feel like I can't advocate for myself. And so essentially for me, that's where I'm like, where can I share my truth? Where can I reclaim my voice today? And for me, a big part of that is advocacy. So if you see me advocating, like I recently put on Instagram, this post that would, how it became very divisive called Dear White Women. And those that I was really speaking to took it in the, in the tone that I meant. And those that didn't want to see it, it was a mirror to them. And, and they, they fought back, right? With, with lots of, violence and vitriol. And that's okay because I'm not in control of how someone else takes it. But a part of how I need to feel fully expressed so that I'm not living in the good girl is to use my voice for advocacy, to know that my voice matters and to speak even when my voice shakes, knowing that not everyone is going to be comfortable or okay with this truth and that that's okay. Another one for me is a big one that I've been healing 
another part of my good girl, the good girl in me, um, because she's not getting fully expressed. She can be flaky. I used to be like at least a minimum of like no shit, like an hour late to like everything, everything. Um, I didn't have any personal boundaries. I was reckless with my body, with my heart. I didn't make the smartest choices in the bedroom. I was reckless. I was chaotic, had a lot of chaotic energy. Um, Frankly, it looked like because of all of these pieces that I had a lot of confidence, but it was actually like manufactured IG coolness, (laughs) manufactured confidence. Uh, I hurt a lot of people. I hurt a lot of people. What was screaming for me to be expressed is this like rock star part. Okay. So like the good girl is this no boundaries, reckless, but this other more fully expressed, more honest, more truthful, more deep part of me is this rock star that like is wanting permission to be fully me, um, that wants to be like ready and down and to try anything is down for fun is like risky, but with respect and doesn't give a fuck. And so like part of the clothes for me was like, how do I start to embody that feeling? And I started to wear more like rocker t-shirts and baggier jeans and ripped jeans and ripped like nineties. Essentially, I just got back to like my nineties Nirvana roots and it felt great. It felt like I could begin to, I gave myself permission to step more in and be more fully expressed. And I noticed that the boundaries and the recklessness and the flakiness started to go when I acknowledged that they first were there and began to say, what else is true here? What else do you really need? So I hope that these were like, just like an eye-opening, tangible, honest conversation about why the good girl needs to die, why she doesn't really serve us, why she, it's not that she's not true, She just came in a time when we needed to survive and you and I are ready to thrive. And it's less about a manufactured, I don't give a fuck and more about, no, I give a lot of fucks. I just give them about myself first and foremost. I will no longer abandon myself ever in the need to make someone else feel more comfortable. I will never abandon myself. And the way that I've gained that confidence is just daily small things. Figuring out what kind of eggs I like, telling someone they messed up my order and not shaming them or being a fucking Karen about it, but just like, no, that's, that's me. I ordered this thing. I would like it correct. Thank you. <laughs> like It's small. Looking at my closet. But then also going more deeply, of course, and asking myself these other qualities that are that are asking to be more fully expressed because your um maybe it's it's cattiness, maybe it's anger, maybe it's jealousy, um maybe maybe it's a shy lack of confidence, quiet voice. These are not untrue parts of you. They're just parts that are waiting to be more fully expressed. And it's interesting to see what parts of us we have naturally listened to more and what other parts are waiting to come out and be expressed and spoken through. This is all part of this good girl death. I hope that this was really eye-opening for you today. I would love to see what really landed with you. If you want to go ahead and uh, send me a DM, 
if you want to put this on Instagram stories, I would love to hear that. And if you would like a part two, because I have some more insights here. So again, I I create content because it feels really good and it's things that I want to say, but I also want to be of service. I, I share to serve here on this podcast. So if this is something that you'd like more of and more exploration of, let me know. And until next time, I hope that you consistently choose yourself and that today feels like a full body. Fuck yes. Until next time. I love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.